Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here alongside a regular co-host. It's been a few days since he's been on the podcast. We chatted last week for the Bucks Radio Network, host of Courtside Live, uh, the pregame show that everybody by now should be aware of and catching on the Bucks uh, digital platforms. There it is, Justin Garcia. Justin, uh, what's been happening? The Bucks back on the winning track since we last spoke. Bucks uh, back on the winning track. Yeah, it was. Uh, that was quite a game against the. I know you've already talked about it, but that was uh, quite a game against the Hawks, where you you tried to sell it on. Well, it's been a week full of tests, where we had the Nets and we had the Lakers, and hey, it'll at least be fun to see this young up and coming Hawks team. And on uh, the courtside show, one of the last things we talked about with Jim Paschke and Marcus Johnson was, you know, what else is going to be fun? Uh, Drew Holiday's never played against Trey Young in his career, that they've both injuries and whatever else, that they've been like passing chips in the night. So we'll get to see that for the first time. And then about 10 minutes after that, we learn Trey Young isn't going to play. So look, uh, I think it was Bud that said it after the game too. You'll take any win you can get that, especially this year with how strange things have been. Like nobody's going to penalize you for winning games. So you'll bank as many of those as you can. And it was good to break that two game losing streak. And now, the schedule starts to open up a little bit for this team where hopefully we can see some type of winning streak that's, that gets started, uh, what, Sunday, and then keep extending it against the Raptors and going forward. I wasn't actually aware of that, Drew Holiday, Trey Young, a uh, little tidbit there. That's kind of interesting. Yeah, that would have been a fun matchup there. Uh, I don't think many were aware that he wasn't going to play. I know Bud himself pregame said that they'd actually done uh, a little bit of planning for Trey Young to play in that game. So that would have been fascinating. And clearly, you know, as we spoke about on the postgame show uh, that we had here, uh, you know, only 30 points in the paint for Atlanta. So they made some tough shots, but certainly they weren't able to penetrate uh, the Bucks' defense at all, really, throughout that game. And uh, the Bucks came away with the win. Uh, you mentioned the post-game show, and I will say, uh, if anyone missed either Monday's episode or Tuesday's episode, uh, we brought up the Big 1000 for Locked On Bucks, and Eric Name, obviously a familiar voice, uh, joined us. And uh, the, the post-game show was on Monday. Tuesday, we had a Giannis-only episode, uh, which was actually pretty good timing. I didn't know Eric was about to drop a story on Giannis there, but a lot of the stuff that he had in the store, we sort of briefed on, uh, briefly touched on those conversations there. So well worth going back and listening to those. Uh, you mentioned the Raptors, uh, the Toronto Raptors slash Tampa Bay Raptors, whatever you want to call them. Uh, they've had a slow start to the season. Uh, we might talk about Toronto a little bit later on in the show here, but when you talk about stars missing games, we know the Bucks last year. I don't know if you remember this, Justin, but the Bucks seem to be able to... Uh, time it's I don't know whether it's a good thing or a bad thing but the timing always seemed to fall 
where the Bucs would play a team without their star. And we've seen it a little bit this season already. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, we've seen it this year too. We've seen it this year with Jimmy Butler. Uh, and, and he's missed a, a bunch of games. And Trey Young, you mentioned, Kyrie Irving didn't play for Brooklyn. Uh, Kemba Walker for Boston on opening night. It's happened uh, a lot of times. Well, the injury report for this game tomorrow, Pascal Siakam is listed. The Bucs don't have an injury report uh, listed as we are recording here. We'll probably hear from something uh, early in the morning. But Pascal Siakam is questionable with left knee swelling. So there you go. Potentially another star the Bucs are going to dodge. And it is significant. It's not as... I'm not exactly excited about it because I do and I am enjoying watching this Bucks team really be tested to start this season. But like you pointed out, uh, you do have to stack up the wins. And uh, this season, not knowing what's around the corner, maybe you just need to take this and say, I don't really care. We need to keep piling on the wins just in case we are impacted like some of these other teams have been. Yeah, I mean, now that we look at the the Eastern Conference and the standings there, it it does feel like it's, I don't know if I'd say settled into place, but it, it's close to that now where you have, you know, the 76ers have basically been atop the East for the entire season, but the top four teams are the Sixers, Celtics, Bucks, and Pacers, and the Nets not too far behind. It does feel like we're starting to shift towards what you can expect for the uh, standings there in the East, but it, it's also worth pointing out. I mean, the Celtics and the Sixers had minor scares, but for the most part, it's the teams that have been able to avoid these COVID health and safety protocols are who's atop the East that you think back to some of the teams that really dealt with it. I mean, the Washington wizards with the worst record, uh, what I think in all of basketball right now, obviously the amount of time and games that they've missed, they've only played 13 games. That's, you know, a big part of it that it just hurts that chemistry and hurts that continuity, especially when you look at some of their advanced numbers with the net rating where it indicates they should be around a 500 team. But I think it's it's very similar to what we've seen with the Bucks, where you look at the Wizards only playing 13 games and Celtics going through, what, a week, I think it was, earlier in the season, and the Sixers with four or five days where they were without games. Uh, it's, it's something that I know Bud has talked about where – one of the things that was so ideal about the bubble was, I mean, number one, you're in a bubble and you don't have this fear of the virus penetrating it. And you never wake up and wonder, will this, will the game be played today? But I think the most beneficial thing, we talk about the sight lines and why shooting went up and all that, but there was no travel and guys, you were playing every other day where you could basically set a routine and, and think of it how you approach your day. It's no different. That's their job. You can't really build a routine when you're playing on the West Coast for three days and then you're coming back home and then you're there for two weeks and then you go on the East Coast and then you bounce around and maybe you get one day off and the next day you get two days off. It's tough to get that routine going and in the bubble you could do it because you were basically playing every other day. I think it's interesting when you look at the Bucks. Now they've had uh, a lot of these games pop up recently and one was un- unintended with the Wizards game being postponed. But you look at the numbers, the Bucks are at their best this season, and I'm sure every team is. But they're at their best when they're playing every other day. And it's when they've had two days off that all of the numbers, the offensive rating, the defensive rating, it all takes a big, big step backwards. And I think it speaks to that continuity in building the routine. And especially when 50% of your roster is new, it's tougher to get into that habit and build that consistency when you're going larger periods of time without playing. I do want to talk about the standings 
a little bit more, but you brought up a, an interesting point in regards to these teams that have had games postponed. And I was actually thinking about this uh, this morning. I was in the car and just having some random NBA thoughts and thinking about the games being postponed and the fact that I think we are potentially heading to a scenario, uh, considering the fact that the game's being postponed, it's not all of a sudden going to end. I mean, this is going to be something that continues to happen. I think we are potentially heading towards a scenario where a win percentage is going to determine the standings. And it made me think about that game that the Bucks had that was postponed. And uh, there's going to be some luck here because you mentioned the Sixers and the fact that they are 12 and 6, top of the East right now as we are recording this. Uh, but they played a number of games with multiple key players out where they could only suit up the eight players. And while we all talk about the fact that games being postponed is bad, I think that there are going to be teams out there that will be pushing for games to be postponed. And yeah. that's why Doc Rivers was saying, why are we playing? Like, we shouldn't be playing here. We only have such an uh, amount of players because the wins are going to add up. And, and I think that that was certainly a downside for the Bucks. that the game that was postponed for them was a game that they would expect to win against the Washington Wizards, who are currently 3-9 and nine, uh, and at the bottom of the East. They basically had two weeks off. But if you have games that are postponed uh, that are ones that you would expect to win, uh, that kind of hurts you because you need to uh, pick up those easy wins because, again, uh, the season might be determined by win percentage. But I, I want to ask about where, how you see the East stacking up right now because there's certainly at least a couple of notable teams that are outside uh, the playoff seeding as we speak here. But uh, i got to mention our friends at betonline.og.ag, the sponsors of this podcast, that is. Uh, obviously, uh, try not to mention it, there is a Super Bowl coming up and uh, the betonline.ag has you covered if you're interested in that. So obviously, the NBA uh, continues to roll on and there's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. Uh, Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our brand new Locked On Today podcast. I've listened to it myself. Uh, it's quite enjoyable. You should check it out. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today in a daily podcast, breaking down the biggest stories with the analysis from our local experts across the network. Start your day with all the sports you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. Now, uh, as we look at the Eastern Conference standings right now, two teams automatically jump out to me when we discussed uh, who we thought were the locks for the the playoffs in the east and there's typically always one team that slips out that you think should probably be in there Uh, you mentioned they are starting to sort themselves out a little bit i would agree with that particularly when it comes to the top five with philadelphia boston milwaukee indiana brooklyn Uh, that all makes sense to me Uh, cleveland and the knicks in the seven and eight spots certainly surprised to this point toronto in 10th seven and ten but Miami all the way down in six and ten in 13th seed now keeping in mind uh, they are actually only one game out of the eight seed there so it's not going to take much for them to get back in on the action here but uh, again this goes to show you if you are missing key players as they have this season uh, you can drop a few games and that might be costly 
uh, down the line. Jimmy Butler's only played six games. Avery Bradley's only played seven. Uh, and we know Tyler Hero's missed a bunch of games. He's only played in 10 as well. So the Heat uh, have been heavily impacted by injuries. And is that all it is with Miami? What, what are you suspecting is going on for the Heat? Because clearly the 6-10 and 10 record is pretty underwhelming. I, I think that's mostly it. I mean, 6-10, and 10, as you mentioned, and I want to say, I know I saw the stat the other day. Um, I, I want to say they've used in those 16 games 13 different starting lineups where I'm pretty sure it was 13 out of 15 prior to their most recent game. So injuries and just, you know, COVID protocols and not having the expected starting five uh, available on a nightly basis has been a big part of it. I think we all wondered, you know, not to say that it was a fluke and not to diminish what Miami did, because again, it's a team that for all intents and purposes swept the bucks in the second round of the playoffs, but we all kind of wondered, okay, what is this team going to look like next year, assuming we return to some type of normalcy? So I do think there's a, a decent segment of basketball fans that are looking at Miami and saying, see, I told you so. But I, I think it, it's hard to overlook that starting lineup number and just the amount of different looks they've thrown out there. Jimmy Butler, as you mentioned, has been a guy that you know they haven't really had for most of the season. But I'll, I'll say this. I mean, is there anything more terrifying than – if you're the Bucks or you're the Brooklyn Nets and you finish one or, or two and the Miami Heat are coming at you in the play-in game, that that's the team that you have to deal with where all of a sudden you think, you know what, maybe we should have finished third and we're dealing with whoever uh, finished sixth, whether that's Indiana or Atlanta or somebody. So that still is a very terrifying proposition that's out there. I think the East overall, you know, one of and, and really for all of basketball, one of the interesting things is especially once you get to this point where you're about 20 or so games into the season, you start to look at point differential and net rating and see, okay, how different are the standings if I sort it by this versus just wins and losses. And I'm still not really sure if we should read too much into that this year, like we traditionally would just because the amount of blowouts we've seen and some weird scores that you do wonder if some of the point differential is going to be overinflated uh, for good and bad reasons. But if we do look at it that way, it really feels like what a lot of us expected to see in the standings, where if we just look at point differential, it's the Bucks, Nets, Celtics, and Sixers, one through four, and then the Hawks, Pacers, Raptors, and Hornets are five through eight with the Knicks and Bulls would be in the play-in tournament. So part of that does feel like, okay, this does kind of tell me and give me the expected outcome here if we look at the point differential and we look at net rating for these teams. But I, again, though, I'm just not too sure how much of that is really a valid takeaway just because of the amount of, you know, 20 and 30 point wins we've seen this season. And, and you know, I guess, which would kind of lend to that. I think we would both agree and everybody listening as well, that the Bucks have, have looked nowhere near what the team we expect them to be moving into the playoffs, that their best basketball is still ahead of them and they're still figuring things out and yet they lead the East in point differential and have more than double that of the next best team in the Brooklyn Nets. So those numbers in the net rating, it's the Bucks and Lakers leading the league in net rating. So those would tell you, hey, this is kind of the same team as you saw in the regular season last year when the eyeball test tells you it's far from that. Yeah, as long as you can play the Detroit Pistons uh, multiple occasions to start the season. You get three games against the Pistons, uh, yeah. Uh, so, so anyway, the net rating is going to be looking pretty nice. Uh, the one thing that's interesting to me 
when I look at the standings. And this is going to be something to watch because, again, there's been player, players unavailable. Uh, the schedule's a little bit funny. Like, we are seeing some of the contending teams or who we expect to be contending teams playing uh, some garbage teams. Even though I will say, across the league, uh, the number of uh, gimmies or the number of really, really bad teams is certainly minimal compared to previous years. But Miami last year, uh, we know they really, really struggled on the road, but they were a fantastic home team. Uh, this is fascinating to me because we've always said if the Bucks were at home at Fiserv Forum during that series, would that have tilted the scales? Would you expect Miami to go into Fiserv Forum and win two of those games? No, I, absolutely not. Despite the fact that clearly uh, the Bucks were, uh, let's say, vulnerable to the style of play Miami was going to bring to them. Miami so far this season, 2-7 and seven on the road, so they're struggling again. And even Philadelphia, a team that we know last year were 14-26 and 26 on the road, uh, they do have a 12-6 and six record, but they're th- only 3-5 and five on the road. So despite the fact that we've spoken about uh, home court advantage uh, sort of dissipating a little bit and what's the impact of playing on the road and road teams across the league have been you know, being able to win their fair share of games, the two teams in the East that struggled on the road last year are still struggling this year in Miami and Philadelphia, uh, which will be something to watch. Uh, one final point I'll make on the heat before we uh, kind of move on to discuss the Raptors. Firstly, I said a couple of weeks ago when the Harden trade went down that I think if you're the Bucks, you probably want to get the one or the two seed and Brooklyn has the other and then you can avoid them to the conference finals. That seems like an ideal scenario where you don't have to run into that Brooklyn team potentially in the second round there. Uh, but uh, we, we will see how that, that plays out. But Bam Adebayo, uh, we mentioned the guys that the, the Heat are missing, but watching him over the last week in particular, you know, we've always spoke about, oh man, I'd love Giannis to get that post-game, the mid-range game, be able to sort his free throws out. Bam has just been on fire, really, as a, a lone sailor out there, the single-handedly carrying the offense. He's averaging over 20 points, 85% at the free throw line, really efficiently scoring. Uh, Got to give that guy credit. He's continued to improve over uh, the last couple of seasons and is a guy now that you can legitimately throw the ball and he can run an offense. So uh, they've got a good one there in Bam, but I, I do think Miami are going to be a team that the questions will be there for the reasons uh, that you already mentioned. And uh, we know uh, the Bucks certainly in that second game in Miami, uh, struggled and, and had a loss to that team already. So they are going to be dangerous and you might be right, uh, hopefully, uh, they get out of that seven or eight seed because that would be a scary first round matchup. Uh, what is not scary though is Built Bar. And uh, look, we I, ha- I had a listener reach out to me. I don't have the tweet here, which I feel bad, but there was an order put in from a Locked On Bucks listener for uh, Built Bar, and even suggested maybe I should move into marketing. Which you know, I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a credit to the ad reads. You you got to uh, you got to take notes. And if Frank likes Built Bar and you like Built Bar, Justin, then everyone else probably will as well. Yeah, we know uh, Built Bars are great for the health-conscious guy. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat because they're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. So, uh, look, uh, you know, summer's coming up in Milwaukee. I, I guess you want to be looking sharp. I'm not sure. Uh, but we've got a good deal for you. Go to builtbar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at builtbar.com. It's hard to believe it's been a year since we tragically lost Kobe Bryant. On Rejecting the Screen podcast, hosts Adam Stanko and Noah Kozlov are honoring Kobe's life and career with a two-part special this week. Hear stories you haven't heard anywhere else about Kobe from teammates, opponents, coaches, and journalists 
subscribe to Rejecting the Screen and listen this week to celebrate the life of one of NBA's all-time stars. Uh, it is as we're recording the one-year anniversary, the 26th over in the US. And I was thinking about it today. It's hard to believe that the All-Star Game was one of the last sporting events I went to live. I think I might have covered one or two other Bucks games after that. Uh, but hard to believe. Hard to believe it's been a year yeah. uh, since uh, Kobe Bryant passed away. Uh, that's for sure. And uh, what about the positivity from me, by the way, with that ad read uh, saying that summer's nearly there in Milwaukee? I know you guys have had a big snowstorm in the last 24 hours. We did, yeah. I mean, just hours ago. Uh, more snow, which is, uh, you know, great. Um, I, I, yeah. I just, I will say this. Uh, when it comes to snowstorms, uh, I remember... Uh, what's what bar would it have been on Brady Street? I, I'm not 100% sure, but I remember there was a snowstorm uh, last year when I was there and I was just at home and I was like, this is this is just, this is crap. I've been inside all day. I, I'm going to go out and watch. It was NFL playoff time, so it was January. Uh, it was the Titans and uh, Ravens game, actually, where the Titans beat the Ravens. And I was like, I'm going to go out and watch a game. And I, I sat down, I ordered a beer and the bartender was like, oh, well, if you want to go to the, the fridge here, we've got all the craft beers, uh, $2 each. And I was like, $2, why? I'm like, what's, what's the deal? And he's like, snowstorm, snowstorm. It's $2 beers all night. So uh, I got very drunk and my bill was very, very cheap. And from that night on, I was just hoping for snowstorms all the time. I didn't have a car. I didn't have to do any shoveling. So that's, uh, that's me being selfish. Well, I mean, who really cares now that the majority of us are working from home? So it's it's sure. not like we have to deal with the commute that this was one of the, the more recent instances where there was a lot of snow and you were just like, oh, okay, how about that? Well, it's true. I will say that. Uh, you know, obviously people can make their own choices, but I'm not recommending anyone runs out to a bar uh, in Milwaukee. I just want to make that clear. But uh, 6.30 p.m. tip in Tampa for the Bucks. And the Raptors, and I mentioned Toronto uh, ten and uh, seven and ten on the season. Uh, sorry, and it's been kind of interesting to look at this roster and and why they've struggled a little bit. And I do think, even though we saw the play of Marcus Sol in the bubble, when there was all these question marks, well, is Marcus Sol washed? Uh, what's what's uh, are the Raptors going to do with him? Are they going to pay him? He won a championship there, obviously much loved with the fan base. Are they going to keep Marcus Sol? Well. Uh, not only did they lose Marcus Sol, they lost Serge Ibaka. Each of them went to one of the the LA franchises. Uh, they signed my guy, Aaron Baines, who you know I, I was discussing if things went a different path with the Bucks. He was coming off a career best season in Phoenix. Maybe he was a guy that could come in and be a stretch five, provide solid defense. He has just desperately struggled with the Raptors. They had Alex Len. They've already waived him. Uh, I think the the big man. Uh, stocks for the Raptors has been the biggest disappointment and probably uh, an area where they've lost the most. And then if you want to combine that with the inefficiency of Pascal Siakam, who outside of a really hot start to the season last year has to this point proven that he's not really that guy that they perhaps thought he was going to be. Yeah. And I mean, we obviously haven't watched the Raptors as closely as, as the Bucks or, or most teams, but yeah. it, it does uh, seem as though Siakam has played better lately but i mean it's still for the talk that we heard of well this guy could make Giannis-esque leaps and when you look at what he's doing you know i think what we saw last year is that has the potential of just being his ceiling which still 
a good young piece to have, but is that something that you can really build your franchise around? Whereas, you know, that's what they thought a couple of years ago of, hey, this is a guy we could build around. We have pieces like Van Vliet. And now you're seeing you just kind of have a bunch of those secondary guys, which is fine. And you have a great coach as well. The the big man thing is the most per- perplexing to me that I liked both of the moves they made yeah. in the offseason. And I was with you where I thought, you know, Aaron Baines does a whole lot of stuff that seems like we could use here in Milwaukee. But neither of the two have uh, have, have really panned out that it's, you know, for the Raptors, it's, it's basically been Chris Boucher. Yeah. And yeah the limited games that I've seen uh, from him. So, yeah, it's it's just, you know, I had said on one of my other shows that it, it's going to be kind of it, – it's weird going into this game where you think about the last couple of years, even last year with Kawhi Leonard gone, it was still the Raptors on the schedule, and it was a game that you got up for. And now I just don't know that that exists, that it's it's still like, okay, I respect Nick Nurse and – It'll be curious to see what Nick Nurse throws out here against Bud, and it'll be curious to see what Bud does against a Nick Nurse team. And if we see, you know, kind of some of those things that that we've talked about that Bud is doing and seemingly not getting credit for, but it just doesn't feel like the same Toronto Raptors that you're going up against. And I think the record's certainly a big part of that, but also I think it is worth pointing out most of those struggles came very early in the season, where I think they started one and six. And look, there's no way to really quantify it, but it had to factor in. How We've joked about the, the Toronto Raptors by way of Tampa, but that has to factor in where all of a sudden, okay, uh, go to this new city, find a place to live, try to build out a routine, and you're playing your home games in a market and city you're not used to. There had to have been an impact there, and I think that kind of ties into why they got off to such a slow start. Yeah, one and six to start the season, Toronto. So they're six and four over their last 10. And to your point, over the last five games, so on the season, they're 15th defensively, 16th offensively. Over the last five games, uh, they're actually top five team defensively with a defensive rating of 104.7. Just for reference, uh, the Bucks in that uh, stretch are 19th. Uh, But it is worth noting Milwaukee have played Dallas, Brooklyn, LA and a pretty hot shooting Atlanta in that stretch as well. So that's what the the small sample size can do. But I do agree the Raptors have started to turn it around. I still just think when I look at this team and you kind of pointed to this, and this is why I'm really fascinated to watch this game from a coaching perspective, because I've even thought at times in the past that the Bucs should have been able to outmatch Toronto uh, from a personnel point of view, but they were severely outmatched coaching. And it always felt like the games were a challenge because of all the things Nick Nurse would throw at Bud and throw at the Bucs. So this year, even more so, particularly if Pascal Siakam doesn't play. I mean, I'm just looking at this lineup and thinking, how can the Bucs not win this game comfortably? But the coaching will come into it here. And we've spoke at length about the different things that the teams are trying. What's Toronto going to do defensively when Chris Boucher is your last line of defense? We know Aaron Baines (laughs) <laughs> we'll probably start, probably get dunked on. That's what we've got used to seeing uh, when he has defended Giannis and defended the Bucks. But then Boucher, uh, averaging over two blocks per game, certainly more athletic, more mobile. Uh, how does he defend Giannis? Can the Bucks get him in foul trouble? Because if they do, uh, it's, it could be a long night, and I'm not sure what they throw at Milwaukee from a defensive point of view. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. But, yeah, probably the coaching matchup has me most intrigued here. 
Yeah, and you know the other interesting thing is um, Pascal Siakam has has just not. And now that I say this, I'm I'm going to go back. I'm making the mistake of saying this without the numbers in front of me. But now I'll go back, and the numbers will probably prove otherwise. He has not played well against the Bucks the last uh, couple yeah. of years, um, and that started in that in that playoff series where he kind of started to disappear in the second half of that series. And Kawhi and obviously Fred VanVleet took over, but. I mean, last year too, Pascal Siakam uh, was borderline terrible against the Bucks in their games last year. Yeah, super inefficient. He hasn't been able to find a way to score against the Bucks defense on the interior. He's only shooting 25% uh, from three and takes a lot of really tough shots. So I've just pulled up the numbers here, but three games against Milwaukee last year, he was 36% from the field uh, and only 17 points, only two assists. Uh, so, yeah, he was extremely inefficient. He hasn't been able to get into the paint at all. So we'll see as uh, Pascal Siakam with that knee swelling there. But we'll be able to bring uh, the full uh, wrap-up from that game in the post-game uh, pod here on Lockdown Bucks, which will be a lot of fun. But uh, a different Toronto team to the one that we've been used to. Uh, defensively, perhaps not as intimidating as they were in the past. But nonetheless, uh, this is a team that clearly... Uh, this Bucks team and Giannis have a little bit of history with. So for that reason alone, I think uh, a game that's going to be uh, more than worth watching. Yeah, and you know, just to go back to that, that point that we had made a couple of minutes ago about what of these numbers can you trust in a, in a weird season like this? I mean, if we just look at what have teams done against good opponents, and if you look at cleaning the glass where they take out some of the garbage time, in it as well. Um, the Bucks have been okay against the the top ten teams in the league. Obviously, in terms of record, it's not. They're one and four, but they're uh, they're coming in tenth in net rating in those games. The Raptors are all the way down there at number twenty, and they're getting crushed in games that they go up against uh, top ten teams in the league. Which is something, even with those losses that we highlighted in. And talked about, you know, wondering how it would impact the defense with Marcus All and Serge Ibaka gone and Kyle Lowry getting older and just attrition through the, the last two years. If we factor in Danny Green's absence and Kawhi Leonard, even with those, I mean, some of these numbers with a, 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 neck, a net rating that's almost negative 10 in games played against teams in the top 10 in net rating, um, it just doesn't feel like a Toronto Raptors Nick Nurse coached team. Well, we'll find out, like we said, uh, 6.30 uh, p.m. tip there on the road. So uh, no courtside live, but it uh, won't be too far away, Justin. Uh, you continue to kill it on that show and uh, as you do on this show. It's always a pleasure to catch up with you. Yeah, and I don't think I told you. I mean, the good news is I can dip into the Built Bars starting next week. <laughs> so for January, uh, I actually went vegan for the month. So I uh, had to cut out the built bars for that month. But now that we're flipping the calendar to uh, February next week, I can get back to it. And I, I need something because, again, it is bare bones set up at Pfizer Forum. Not that I'm complaining, but uh, we're on the hook for bringing all of our own food and drinks. So anything that's easy to transport is what I'm looking for. All right, we'll have to get on to Built Bar and see if they can have a vegan alternative. Uh, we'll, we'll hit them up there, but uh, good for you. Enjoy the Built Bars, enjoy the game. And for everyone else, uh, we will be back uh, post-game to wrap up uh, Bucks and Raptors, uh, the old rivalry, one of the rivals for the Bucks that we've seen in the East over the last couple of years. So for Justin and myself, we'll leave it there. We'll catch you guys tomorrow.